Welcome to Guys Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. On today's mini-sode, we are going to be talking about Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, and uh, how to deal with Calvinists who try to use this as a uh, Trump text. Like, like, if you're talking to them about any subject, they think this is their one verse that proves their theology. So how do we respond? And I have a great example pulled up of how I responded, and uh, it's pretty funny because uh, we are talking about Genesis in the context of this conversation. I'm saying the narrative reinforces God's motivations, that the entire context is about God's actions, thoughts, behaviors, responses. So, so anthropomorphizing uh, all the things that are happening in relation to God is undermining the narrative. It's uh, making it, turning it into a fable. And so the guy didn't want to talk about, of course, Genesis 6. They, they don't want to talk about your proof text. They want to talk about their proof text because they want to proof text Trump. And you know, it's it's sometimes okay to entertain. And so he says, I'm guessing you've read the rest of the Bible. So yeah, I, I knew exactly where he's going to go. And that was pretty funny. So I said, yeah, any part in particular you would like to discuss? How about this? He responds, remember the former things of old, for I am God. There is no other. I am God. There is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. From ancient times, things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. And so what he sees in this verse is a proof positive that his theology is correct. There's no questioning. This verse must mean his things. His Calvinism, God controls all things, God has this eternal declaration, all those things. He thinks by just throwing this verse out, I'm going to be scared or something, and I'm going to withdraw, I'll be like, oh no, let's go look at a different proof text. Let's uh, try proof text trumping. We'll put one proof text against each other. But you don't have to do that with Calvinist proof texts. All you have to do is read their proof text, because remember, Calvinism is compartmentalized theology. Their proof texts are one, one trick ponies. They only work for one aspect of their theology, and they contradict everything else in that theology. So I said, yeah, I, I do want to talk about this. So, so look this verse, remember the former things of old. That's a command. So God is talking to someone. There's an audience. The audience is Israel. God's trying to communicate something of value to them. He's trying to tell them, give them a command to do something for their own benefit, which is the complete opposite of God controlling meticulously all things. God attempting to reach a person, right? God, God attempts, attempts, and a lot of times fails to reach people. This is the story of the Bible, God's failure to interact with man, to get man to love him. That's the story of the Bible. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, there is none other. I am God, there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things not yet done. This is their eternal declaration. But in context, we actually learn when the beginning was and to whom God declares. And so Calvinism doesn't work if God's declaring two people. Like there's a people that exist, and God declares to them in the beginning, and that's the beginning. The people exist in the beginning. It's not the beginning of all creation. The people are there to declare to, and what does he tell them what he's going to do? So the beginning of what? The thing he's going to do. He declares the end of what? The thing he's going to do. Two people. Uh, the, to reach them. It, there, there's a purpose to this telling that the people are supposed to listen to it, look for some results, and then use that to shape their faith. God attempts to reach people. As we see in Isaiah, 
this has to be brought to their memory because they don't recall it. They don't remember it. God is actually fighting for their fidelity, for their loyalty. God is failing to reach people and is using arguments in order to recapture their faith, recapture their worship. So the last thing it tells us is how. How does God declare things from the beginning that end up happening in the end? Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. God knows what the future will hold because God will do it. It's not this mystical crystal ball. It's not this controlling all things. It's I know what's going to happen because I will do it. So here's how I respond to this individual. The context tells us exactly what God declares, when God declares it. The context defines when the beginning is, to whom God declares it, and how God makes things happen. Do you believe that God thinks and acts discursively like this text states? So this text is actually describing a process in God. Process is discursive. God thinks one thought and does something. Thoughts lead to actions. Thoughts lead to other thoughts. Actions lead to thoughts. This is discursive knowledge. This is discursive acting. And in Calvinism, God is eternally simple, immutable. He has all thoughts in the forefront of his mind from all eternity. Discursive thinking is anti-Calvinist. This is an anti-Calvinist verse depicting a living, dynamic God in which has has sequential actions, has sequential thoughts. This is what Isaiah is teaching. Isaiah is teaching open theism. And so in this response to him, I turn it back on him. He wants to talk about his own proof text. I want to talk about his proof text. I want to talk about his proof text in ways he's never thought of because he does proof text theology. He doesn't know the context of his proof text. He's never given it any real thought. And he hasn't considered how this contradicts fundamentally the tenets of his faith, God's immutability, God's simplicity, God's omniscience, having all thoughts forever at the front of your mind, forever, discursive thought contradicts all of this. So I point this out. I, I define for him what discursive thought is. Not everyone knows what discursive thought is. So uh, sometimes maybe you might be coming off as arrogant, but uh, I do it. Discursive thought is where one idea leads to another. It is a thinking process. That's what's happening here. This would be the entire opposite of a system which wants some sort of simple, immutable God with non-discursive thoughts, making some sort of audio-less eternal decree to no one. God's decrees are to people in words that they can hear so that they can see and understand his decrees. The, so this verse is the opposite of Calvinism. And all you have to do with these Calvinist proof texts is point out how fundamentally their proof text voids their theology. Who is talking? To whom are they talking? Why are they talking? What what does the talking, what, what is that communicating? What does each line give of value to the listener? What's being described in those lines? Is there any supporting context that uh, helps define what is being said? God declares to people. In the beginning, the people don't exist timelessly. They don't exist in eternal now. They exist in the beginning of God's decision to act. It's very easy to prove that this has nothing to do with Calvinist theology. So looking at a couple verses to give us some sort of understanding of when this beginning is. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? The people are receiving the information. This is Isaiah 40, 21. Isaiah 48, 16, draw near to me and hear this. From the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. 
from the time it came to be, I have been there. He's not spoken in secret. There's no eternal secret decree. That This is what he's explicitly teaching. He has declared to people such that they can internalize this information to help guide their thoughts, to help guide their theology, to help convince them that Yahweh is the true God. So back to the story. This has happened about a week ago in which I had this exchange. We got that one week indicator. So this guy, I asked him if there's any part in particular of the Bible he wants to talk about and he threw out this proof text. He says, how about this? It turns out, in fact, he didn't want to talk about his proof text. He didn't want to have a discussion about his proof text. I think he came to a very sharp realization that his uh, proof text, he, he hadn't given it basic thought and he's he's not able to answer basic questions about his own proof text it shut down the conversation i i think he withdrew in embarrassment in in uh inability to respond he's never been asked basic questions about his own proof text before in his life and so it, it, it's funny when these situations happen um i think that's pretty hilarious i think it's a snap to reality it's a it's a wake-up call to these individuals who are so set in their proof texting, they haven't even ever considered what their proof texts are actually saying. And it's great to bring them to that realization. You are bringing them to that realization. And this guy's not gonna walk away being an open theist or anything. He's gonna be a Calvinist still, but he's he's walking away with a bloody nose, with with a, with a thought implanted in his head that, that brings his views in tension with reality. He, he, he from this moment on, has at least lingering doubts in his proof texts that there's his proof texts actually meaningfully support his own beliefs. And that's my goal here. That, that's what I was doing. I was, I was planting, I was planting seeds of rationality in Calvinists. Isaiah is incredibly open theistic. And so when Calvinists want to misdirect a conversation to talk about Isaiah, it might behoove you to take on that challenge and point out that their own proof texts fundamentally disproves their theology. Thank you for listening.